Hello, and thanks for listening into the Trinity Church Nottingham podcast. We're a church in Nottingham, England, with a vision to see the church on fire and the city alive. You're about to hear a message in a series called Thy Kingdom Come, where we're walking line by line through the Lord's Prayer. Now, I hope for this series that we'll be inspired and equipped to go deeper in the lifelong adventure of prayer. I hope you enjoy the message. I'm sure many of you um, have heard of Harry Houdini. Um, His claim to fame was that he was a magician that specialized in spectacular escapes. Um, As a matter of fact, he he has been said to have laughed at locks and sneered at fetters. They said of Harry that he had the flexibility of an eel. He had the lives of a cat. And they did all sorts of things to try and incarcerate him. They would seal him in coffins. He would escape. They riveted him into a boiler. He escaped. (laughs) They sewed him up in a canvas bag, and he escaped. They locked him in a milk can. He escaped. They sealed him in a beer barrel, and he escaped. They even put him in a maximum security prison, and somehow Harry managed to get out. But then in October... 1926, death laid his hands on Harry Houdini and put him in a grave, and he is yet to escape. As a matter of fact, he told his wife, if there is any way out, I will find it. If there is any way, I will contact you on our 10th anniversary of my death. And so for 10 years, she kept a light burning over his portrait. And at the end of 10 years, she, ch- she turned out the light. Death had Harry, and he couldn't escape. Death also laid hands on Jesus. It put Jesus in a tomb by the Roman government, and a, stole, and a stone was put in front of it and sealed up. But on the third day, Jesus Christ stirred himself. He rose from the sleep of death and Jesus Christ walked free, alive from the empty tomb. And this is what we are celebrating today, that Jesus Christ is alive. He is not behind us in a tomb, but he is before us on a throne Amen, Johnny says, yes. Without Jesus, we are like Houdini, unable to escape. But not from various random traps, but from the trap and the jail that is sin, which leads to death. And Johnny spoke about this at our Good Friday service. We hear this word sin a lot, don't we? Especially around this time. And it can so often be depicted or seen as Christians ranking our sort of naughty habits in order of severity. But the Bible makes it really clear that sin is a power, that sin is a power. Jesus didn't come and save us because we have been naughty boys and girls, but sin is a power that keeps us locked up and bound, keeps us locked up and bound. As Paul puts it in Romans, we are enslaved to sin, and enslavement leads to spiritual death. We are locked up and unable to free ourselves. We can't free 
ourselves. And this manifests itself, doesn't it, in so many areas, some subtle and some obvious, you know, fears, anxiety, hatred, lust, greed, comparison, jealousy, dis-ease, um, the constant desire for more, for more stuff, for more money, more power, more relationships. You know, we see broken systems, don't we? Broken family systems, institution, the list just goes on and on and on. But you know, that was Friday. That was Friday. And today we are here to celebrate Sunday. And as I said, the good news is, and that we're celebrating today, that God has done for us today what we cannot do for ourselves. We cannot escape. We cannot escape. And we can't free ourselves. Jesus lives a faithful, sinless life whereby the enslaved nature was terminated at the cross. This is the good news. So what then is happening in the resurrection account that we've just read? There's a few things that I want to point out. Um, Firstly, in verse 28, in chapter 28, verse 1, it says, After the Sabbath at dawn, on the first day of the week, Mary Magdalene and the other Mary went to look at the tomb. The first day of the week. So at the beginning of this chapter, before we even read the account of the resurrection, there is a very strong hint that new order is coming. It isn't accidental. The first day of the week, this isn't accidental. The resurrection of Jesus was and is a huge event compared to the original creation of the world. Ever since the fall, the first creation has been corrupted by sin and under the reign of death. But Jesus' resurrection was the beginning of a new creation and a new age. We don't live in the old creation anymore, but in the new. This means we're not playing by the old rules anymore. We're not living under the same power. It doesn't cripple us in the same way. We don't need to feel the fear of death in the same way. And this is the picture here, that death is about to be overturned, that death is about to be overturned. This is a new beginning, a fresh start for all of us. Verse 2, we read, there was a violent earthquake, for an angel of the Lord came down from heaven and going to the tomb, rolled back the stone and sat on it. His appearance was like lightning, and his clothes were white as snow. The guards were so afraid that they shook and became like dead men. What a picture of unbelievable power. It's such an evident picture of power. Everything in this moment was shaken. You know, the guards shook, and they laid like dead men. And it's so interesting to me that the angel came and rolled back the stone and sat on it. And as I read it, it feels like there's this ease, this ease of of just rolling back the stone and sitting on it. In the midst of all this shaking, it's like there's no stress to the rolling back of this stone. And, you know, we can feel so locked up, can't we, in our habits 
so locked up in our addictions, our bad relationships, our sinful nature, that it feels impossible to get out. We are stuck. We feel stuck. Yet what we see in this resurrection account reminds us that he is able, that he is able. You know, this stone was sealed. It was sealed and guarded. Yet God was able to roll it back. We need his power to roll back the stone that is in front of our tombs. Whatever you are trapped in, whatever feels completely impossible to get out of, is possible for God. It is possible for God. We need a power outside of ourselves to set us free. And all we do is ask. And all we do is ask. And you know, this is my story. I have experienced this. God has set me free in ways that I felt completely trapped, um, that there was no chance for the stone to be rolled out of my tomb. You know, I was um, particularly uh, lost in um, fear of man, desperately seeking um, the approval of others. And, you know, this played out in so many different ways, um, as I'm sure it does for many of us, around sort of un really unhealthy patterns of thinking, addictive behaviors. I had a really disordered relationship with food, desperately trying to keep control. Um, I'd, I'd have sort of panic attacks as the thoughts become so, became sort of so big in my mind. And, you know, I would, um, I tried all the techniques, you know, I would, uh, I would use all my strength so desperately trying to get out of the whir that was going on in my mind, um, striving to sort of not feel the reality of the hopelessness anymore. Um, the bombardment of the destructive thoughts. I was like, you know, maybe positive thinking will get me out or the self-help book or this exercise program or this or this or this. You know, this striving to try and barge this, um, this, this stone out of my tomb. And yet nothing worked. You know, I needed a power outside of myself. And for me, you know, this has been um, an act of daily surrender. And it's a surrender to his power. It's to say, God, I can't get out of this. I can't get out of this in my own strength. I don't have the power to get out of this. But you do, God. You do. You can come with ease and move this stone away from this tomb. And all it takes for us to do is to surrender to his power, to say, over to you, God, you know how, you know what to do. Please set me free from this tomb. And, you know, I just wanted to say that it is possible. God has set me free in ways that I honestly didn't think possible, that I stand free in so many areas of my life. I'm obviously not a, a sort of done deal. It is a work in progress. But there are areas that I do not feel crippled anymore. He has set me out of that tomb. And, you know, it's not easy. This isn't a journey um, that is easy, but it is possible if we ask and we let him in to setting us free. As finally, I was struck by verse 9. It says, suddenly Jesus met them. It says, greetings, he said. And they came to him and clasped his feet and worshipped. I just was, when I read this, I was just so struck 
by the disciples' response to the resurrection. You know, I was so challenged by what my response to the resurrection is. You know, their response is that they fall on their face. They clutch onto his feet and worship him. You know, it's so easy, isn't it, that our response to the resurrection is sort of critical thinking. You know, sort of how could this possibly be? You know, we've become sort of the judge over it. Did it really happen? Really? Did it happen? You know, and I'm sure the disciples had a lot of questions and questions aren't bad. But I was struck by the um, way in which they come under his lordship in that moment. They come under his lordship in that moment. They don't become the judge of it, but they come under his lordship and they cling to his feet in worship. So what does this all mean for us? What does the resurrection mean? And, uh, you know, Romans 8 sums it up beautifully. And we don't have time to sort of unpack it as much as I would like to. Um, But I would really recommend today, go and read Romans 8. Um, But there are just a few things that I just really want to quickly point out. Firstly, that the resurrection means that we are approved of. It says in Romans that there is no condemnation for those that are in Christ Jesus. We have died with Christ and rise to new life. We get to live a resurrected life. We're invited in to living this resurrected life, a humanity that is liberated from sin and death. For there is no condemnation. You know, in simple terms, that's sort of a big word, but in simple terms, we are completely and utterly approved of. We are completely and utterly approved of. You know, this is so liberating and so liberating for me who sort of seek the approval of others so much. We don't need to seek that approval anymore because Jesus has already done it, that we are approved of, full stop. We are approved of, full stop. Anxiety and fear, they are not ours anymore. They went down into the grave with Christ and we come up with him. Secondly, the resurrection means we have his spirit living in us. The same power that raised Jesus from the dead lives in us. I mean, it's a crazy thought, isn't it? But we get to live a life in the spirit. It's a life with him. I mean, he's living in us. And this life, it leads to life and peace because we know he's not going anywhere. He's with us constantly. And I know this is a really difficult time. So many of us are really alone, you know, and completely isolated. And you might actually even feel trapped. But the promise is, is that you are not alone because the spirit is living in you. His promise is that he is with you always. Thirdly, the resurrection means a new identity. Verse 15 from Romans 8 says, For you did not receive a spirit that makes you a slave again to fear, but the spirit of sonship. The spirit testifies with our spirit that we are children of God, that we are children of God. This is a new identity. I am his daughter. That is my primary identity. 
I am his daughter. You are his son. And I really recommend you sit with that today. Sit with that new identity. What does it mean? What does it look like in my life to adopt and take on and live in that new identity that I am his daughter, that I am his son? Just sit with that today and see how God speaks to you. Okay, I am coming into land. It's just worth saying that all of this, this whole story was an act of pure selfless love. It's an act of pure selfless love. You know, for God so loved the world that he gave his only son that we will have eternal life. Nothing can separate you from the love of God that is in Christ Jesus. He wants us. He wants us. He wants us. He wants us to be intimate with him. He wants us to walk with him. He wants us to know him. He wants to be friends with us. He wants us to be free to worship him as we were originally intended. You know, he's so kind and God is so good. All we have to do is let go. It's it's actually really difficult, but it's really simple. We just have to let go and allow him to have every part of my life. It's a free invitation of pure grace. A free invitation of pure grace. And I believe he wants to let us out of the tomb today. Whether you are part of this service, it's the first time you have ever been part of anything like this before, or you have been a Christian for years and years and years, there is more life for you. And there is more resurrection life for you and for me. And so let's just ask and see what he does. Thanks for listening to some of our teaching here at Trinity. We hope it's blessed you. If you live in the city or live outside of Nottingham and want to connect more with the church, check out some of our practices and pathways on our website. We call them one, few, company, and many. We're passionate about encountering Jesus, becoming like him, and doing the things that he did, both individually and in our lives together, so that we may see the church on fire and the city come alive. You can find these on our website under the Connect tab. Thanks for listening.